What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Zero Hour Podcast, where we help you and your ministries navigate the biggest youth ministry shift in American history. We are continually rolling here. We are in the midst of kind of coming out of summer, like every youth pastor, right, in the world, and uh, trying to figure out this semester and just kind of mm-hmm. get rolling with the rhythms and their the way they're operating and yeah usually summer things are like out of close we were like we're ramping up it felt like at yeah. the end of the summer where it was like we had uh an event commission night where we just gathered students all around the city and essentially just prayed over them commissioned them to their schools and then mm-hmm. like literally everybody left the space to go prayer walk their schools which was really cool i mean it was very encouraging that was so awesome i still have students reaching out just being like more of this yeah that's cool yeah i think we got somewhere around 25 high schools prayer walked by students that go to those schools yeah which is cool because it's about those students coming alive to their you know missional disciple making identity that they're not just students going to their schools that they like have a role and purpose in the kingdom yes to actually reach their school right Mm -hmm. so yeah and it was just fruitful from unifying the church at large like other youth pastor voices that were present Mm. they were able to share and it wasn't like a zero hour only driven event it was like a lot of voices a lot of people all hands on deck kind of operation so yeah that and then we literally went to raleigh north carolina where we pitched our uh the zero hour just structure and methodology Uh, Mm -hmm. to uh, it's called next ventures and it's like this kind of almost presentation type of way for potential funding and seed money in terms of like startup ministries and organizations and um, yeah it was a good time so Haley myself and Clovis went down it was three days yeah three days well like two and a half but yeah yeah it was good I mean it was good to hear other ministries and other people who are innovating around the country and Yes. That that was cool. I mean, just getting to hear other different ministries yeah. and their different focuses and just the way the, the kingdom works and the mm-hmm. different uniqueness of how people are called and led and yeah, similar threads in a lot of them. Yes. Uh, just different contexts, honest, honestly. And that, mm-hmm. that was cool. Just yeah. matching the context to how you're strategizing is right. like really, really cool. Especially because like this world of disciple making is so big in the east and yet it's also kind of a bit of a lonely place in the west Mm -hmm. um and so it was really cool even just for like my soul to go and hear all of these different ministries and what they are doing in their contexts and how they are intentionally existing in the places they live um yeah and yeah like reaching them for the kingdom it's just really encouraging yeah got back from that and literally that same week rolled into our first ever kind of annual fundraiser we call it celebration and yeah that was incredibly powerful just students and parents sharing stories over the past two years and getting to kind of even just think about where the lord has brought us from you Mm. know and where Mm -hmm. we are heading in terms of just like seeing our our city you know saturated yeah. with the gospel and students coming alive to their missional identities like yeah. that that was just powerful you yeah. know and again just a lot of cool voices represented mm-hmm. and yeah just 
people pulling in their networks of relationships and starting to build yeah. kind of a DNA and culture of story sharing. Yeah. Right? I was like, this is so cool. Like people are here and they care. Um, and they like sense the need to like, it's not mm-hmm. just us. Yeah. Um, and it was awesome to hear stories from the students and also just the parents. Yeah. Um, I think the parent stories were really impactful for me. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, now we're full in semesters rolling. Yeah. Our student teams are rolling actively out trying to make disciples and seeing cool fruit from that already in the Mm -hmm. school year which has been super powerful just even hearing you know like yeah after some frustrations for us as a Mm -hmm. team like literally in the midst of that like god moving in my own personal life and disciple making with my my cousin-in-law and Mm -hmm. then like some students like first week of school starting new discovery bible studies where they're actually reading the word of god with non-believers it's like are you kidding me? That's incredible. Yeah. And yeah, it's just been encouraging. I Mm. mean, it's been like a busy, busy run for us. Um, and everybody's busy. I can't, everybody's always busy and it's like, okay, but like things we love and things that I can't believe we get to do this kind of deal. Right. And yeah. So now we're just, uh, you know, I think part of what we wanted to talk about and consider today was just this reality of look like just, the concept of multiplication, you know, in terms of how, how do we think through disciple making? Mm. And that's a term thrown, thrown around a lot. And so is multiplication, you know, yeah. but I do think it's an important thing to define mm. is how do you actually work towards multiplication and what would that look like yeah. in terms of actually defining it, you mm-hmm. know? And I just think we have a hard time defining that in youth ministry at large. And so I think that that was part of the topic we just wanted to dive into today. Yeah. Uh, When you think about multiplication, you've kind of like brought up this story recently of like your experience of the underground house church movement in China. Um, I was curious uh, if you would share some on that and, you know, like what about the movement struck you in the way that it did and why is that framework different from what we see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was an eighth grade kid. So we, it was like my whole family. So me and my brothers, my mom and dad, we, and man, I don't remember how many other families total. Uh, I'm going to say it was like eight to 10 other families, not full families. A lot of them was Mm -hmm. just like father and son or father, daughter, mother, daughter, whatever it was like the dynamics, but a lot of pastors in Mm -hmm. Kansas city actually were part of it and their kids Hmm. a lot of sons so a lot of boys went Hmm. and um i did i don't know why i did that but it felt very trump-esque to do it was uh, huge and yeah it was just basically we were partnering with a guy who had been an on-the-ground missionary for multiple multiple years and was basically helping train and equip disciple makers and like these home church leaders all around china Hmm. secretly yeah like a ninja to be multiplying (laughs) right to like see new disciples made and multiply leaders and house church leaders Mm. all around the country and it was illegal right is it it still still is yeah yeah so like you can't you can't be religious basically like you organized religion you know i I actually don't even know the updated rules on china right now so like (laughs) don't call me on that but at least when i was there in eighth grade the reality was illegal can't do this yeah has to be hidden it's not you can't do that so they uh we 
and because it was illegal, we couldn't go over and say we're doing the missions trip. They couldn't know we we're even Christians, basically, as we were going through customs. Hmm. So we basically, uh, he scheduled us to play basketball games all around the country. So we were in Chengdu, China, and, uh, you know, we oh, had, yeah. we had our own, these like, pictures. jerseys and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but we were legit. I mean, we had a few, like, uh, really good athletes, and um, we whooped these teams and so we would basically we stayed in these dorms like a mm. high school age in china you stay in dorms like you're out of the home oh yeah in high school you're already living okay. out of the house yeah you live in dormitories mm-hmm. so we were living in one of those staying in one of those we were there about a month and um we would basically each day go out and play a different team of basketball so every single day we were playing new teams whoa and um i bet you were in shape yeah it was just it was just like a crazy i don't just surreal we were playing people older than us too like i'm an eighth grade kid and we were playing like high school seniors and college students (laughs) and um but like my older brother was very talented and uh like six seven point guard and so like in america that's good so imagine that in china we got my brother yeah and it's just like he was we were able to really dominate through like different players like him yeah and i mean this is a side story but uh, I remember, I'll never forget one of the games. We were, uh, I think, like up 40 at half on one of the teams. And they, uh, we see this huge fight on the bench. And all of a sudden, like, the coach, like, walks out, like, leaves, like, takes his tie off, walks out. And th- there's, like, this man who's, like, basically, like, telling him to get out. And then he calls in somebody from the stands. And the guy comes in and starts coaching. And we hear through translation, the guy just got fired, lost his job coaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're like, Oh my gosh, are you serious? Like, we don't want that. Like, that's not the goal. We're just like trying to play scrimmage and have fun. This like, is just for fun. So it was just one of those like, oh boy, Oof. wow, culturally we are very different. Americans would not do that. You yeah. Know? Like, wow. But the way that they're approaching it is like, oh, you can't cut it? You're done. Yeah. Like, n- heartless. You know, it's, it's just about get the job done. Yeah. I don't really care. So anyways... I mean, it was like one of those cultural shock moments. You're like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, wow. Weird. I don't, oh, how, okay. I just never even assumed we would do yeah. those kind of things. But anyways. <laughs> For us, it's like, it's not that deep. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then like, so later in the trip, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't there firsthand, but there were many of the leaders were able to basically go to this undisclosed basement location because they're not going to put the kids in a compromising situation to get arrested. Yeah, that's fair. So they went to this basement where men and women pulled Bibles out of a ceiling Mm. and started to read the word of God together. And basically were leading this kind of home group, home church, you know, in Mm -hmm. in a basement. And they had on this wall, this is a separate wall. I did see this where there are all these pins on the, on America. And hmm. the leaders were like, well, how come all the pins are on America? They go, Oh, well, those are places we know we're going to have to send missionaries to because where the gospel's going there. So, Whoa. You know? <laughs> and all these pastors are like, really? You know, kind of deal. Just like the realization of, Oh boy, like we thought we were coming over here yeah. to, you know, like that's paradigm just, shift. Yeah. And I think, especially for my dad, that really woke up some things in him that he was just starting to sift through and sort through and send him on a long journey of yeah, looking into just essentially models of church yeah. and how the rest of the world is operating in terms of church mm-hmm. and how they define it and how they operate. So anyways, mm. um, yeah, I think when I think of that, 
you know, and hearing the stories and some of the other things my dad would share were things like, um, you know, there's <clears throat> the, the question of like, who's leading this? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you look around and they're just like, what do you, yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> they don't do like point person. Yeah. It's like, we're all leading. Yeah. Like, so it wasn't even mm. like on the radar. So the assumption wasn't like there's one person leading and then I gather other people to it. Yeah. Which is a very, yeah, American mindset, right? Like there's the figurehead president and right. we all, they gather around that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so in some ways, you know, I mean, obviously China operates with, you know, a structured system politically that's right. not, not, it's still a figurehead leader that tells it, literally tells everybody what to do. Totally. Right. But religiously, I think probably because of that reaction, there's probably a significant portion of the church that's Mm -hmm. like, we don't want that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like shared eldership, resources, leadership, like we all, you know, so like Mm -hmm. they even just the the priesthood of all believer concept that we're all in this. We all are called. We Mm -hmm. all have a role to play. was like they just. They got that. It wasn't, yeah. that wasn't a question, yeah. you know, there wasn't really a spectator concept because yeah. when you're in a position that, uh, church as we know it is stripped away completely and mm. you have to just meet and gather how you can meet and gather. Yeah. You're not asking the question who's, who's the point person running it. And there's right. no place to just sit and consume. Yeah. It's just not an option. It's just like not we thing. all have to, we all play our part because right. that's how this is going to function mm-hmm. and actually be healthy. Yeah. And I think you see that in smaller micro models in general. It's yes. like it's, it's really awkward if you just come to a, like a smaller gathering of believers and mm-hmm. you just sit there and do nothing. <laughs> That's kind of weird. It's super weird. But we've all experienced that in small groups inside oh, yeah. of youth group. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. How many freshman boy youth group <laughs> experiences of freshman girls? This is like, <laughs> this is painfully uncomfortable. I'm just sitting here and they're just... Yeah, I'm trying to talk, and I just feel like I'm talking at them for this whole time, right. even though I'm asking questions and crickets in the room. Right, you know, right. Like, and even as a student, you're sitting there like, um, okay, what can I think about for the next hour to like kill yeah. this time before I can leave? Before I can go play basketball yeah. again or whatever it is. And right. I do think um, as we are training students, uh, oftentimes even we, we can even be met by resistance from students because they've, they like don't even realize that we can do church in a different way. Sure. And like what they're expecting when we say like go and make disciples is like you are going to go and start a bible study and it's going to be led by you and you're going to have to come up with all these questions uh-huh. and have all the answers and it's like no 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 uh you are just going to like go and actually show up intentionally in your friendships you're going to go and read like discover Jesus together with someone who might not know him yeah um and that way there's no longer this like weird imbalance of power where like one sure. person's asking yeah. all the questions and you have to have all the answers yeah it's like no you just say like yeah I have no idea let's like learn together well I think that's key for multiplication that's the point where it's yeah. like if you don't have if you have this dichotomy of um consumer and leader mm. or lay people and paid people yeah you you do start to get into this weird tension and reality of well, like you're the person being paid so you mm. do that part <laughs> yeah it's like which is why it's we have to have an awakening of the ordinary person mm. who actually plays a role in the kingdom of making disciples and so the more that that gets unleashed and released into your ministries into mm. all youth ministries then you don't 
yeah you won't see that kind of divide in a way you know mm. but if you're uh doing that if your example your your example is showing them that oh this is how it operates mm -hmm. then why would they're not going to think any different mm -hmm. they're just gonna continue to do the same thing so right. i'll start the bible study i'll invite people to my bible study i lead the bible study and you give me the answers that i'm looking for yeah and that over and over again even when it's like uh you know in all circles multiplied out mm -hmm. like that to its nth degree mm -hmm. stops multiplication right yeah and so when you set up a system or the dna of something is not easily reproducible mm -hmm. and able to be played by all people mm -hmm. then you immediately limit the effectiveness for multiplication and so yeah. that's that's a lot of some of the china experiences obviously the mic you know something being micro smaller more manageable it lends itself towards multiplication something mm -hmm. that's more not singular person leader driven yeah lends itself to be more m multiplicative like and then yeah i mean just in some of theirs was out of necessity right yeah not out of like here's the new strategy <laughs> microchurch models will get us through yeah. to the end and it's yeah. like well I, I believe in that but like if you see it as a model mm -hmm. that's part of the thing as yeah. opposed to hey this is a a, a dna and a structure mm. that lends itself towards everybody being able to play in the game yep, yep. everyone it's not, that flipped paradigm yeah. it's like the the students are the leaders and then the leader uh is the like one behind the scenes yeah. not like on the in the field yeah yeah so yeah, like rob, rob and i rob always says rob wagner with the underground always says like uh, i'm just looking to be the best janitor in all the underground yeah, that's like, incredible. how can i clean everything for everybody and be behind the scenes never yep. seen but supporting everything that exists yeah that's incredible it makes me think like i heard uh somewhat so like we have the concept of like okay the church ideally is a place for the sick to go and Jesus is mm -hmm. the doctor, the healer. Um, we as leaders, like our role in that is to be like almost like a medic where like we are wanting to, and not as just leaders, this is like disciple makers, Christ followers mm -hmm. existing in all of our spheres. Um, our role is to be the medic, like introducing people, like taking people who yeah. need help to the doctor. Um, and I think for like in the lens of multiplication, it's like uh, we can only when we think that we're the doctor, we can only take students as far as to imitate us and become like us. And it's like I fail literally all the time. Mm. Um, and so how can I like minimize myself to actually introduce students to the king, the doctor? Mm -hmm. um, and then that way they're actually like practicing that in their own lives and like um, their faith and relationship with Jesus is so much more self-sustaining because mm -hmm. they're not depending on um, yeah. one person. They're depending on God. Yep. So I think there's that flip in that. Yeah. Um, where yeah, they that's can huge. Be I mean, if you don't have that, the multiplication's tough. Yeah. <laughs> that's tough to come by. I mean, if like in youth ministry particularly, right? Because mm. it's like, otherwise you're reliant on parents who are helping them. And I mean, we should parents should be helping mm. their students become self-sustaining yeah 100 percent. i think we also just ought to be reinforcing what yeah. the parents are showing and training them mm. so but if you're not reinforcing those things and you're showing them a model that is you know <laughs> 
to do ministry looks like getting a paid job within a church circle. It's like right. that's that that's a cultural definition of ministry, not mm. a biblical definition. Yeah. And that's going to hinder our ability to recruit more and more players to the game. Yeah. Yeah. And you think about like what like Jesus's command, Jesus says like if you love me you'll obey my commands and then his command is like go and make disciples. Um and he also said like those who love me like love others and yeah. so like that's the call that's the multiplication is just be like jesus yeah <laughs> or like not be like jesus but to imitate jesus as best as we can yeah relationally yeah so. yeah absolutely yeah cool well i mean just to kind of like uh i mean land what we're talking about this is obviously at a paradigm level you know more conceptually talking Mm. through things but I think tangibly some of the things are like how are you helping you know your students be self-sustaining so like are you equipping them training them to like be self-feeders that are not reliant upon your teachings Mm -hmm. in order for them to know what the bible is you know with Mm -hmm. the significantly low percentage of Mm -hmm. gen z being in the bible at all Mm. like the more that we have them on their own, even mm. in structured times at youth group, that it's, you know, potentially removing that we don't have to give a sermon series every time. Yeah. That sometimes we could actually just let them read the word during that time because mm. they don't have any other structured times they're doing it on their own. Right. So the time that you do have them, have them read it. Yeah. Like actually them read it. Yeah. Like and not then not explain to them what it says, mm-hmm. but have them explain to one another or even to themselves in their own journal. Yeah. What is it that this is saying? And walking through some steps and processes mm-hmm. that allow them to really become self-feeders. Because if they never get that practice, they're just never going to, they'll just be relying upon, you know, because you could also just be on podcasts the rest right. of your life. And that's yeah. where you know who Jesus is. Yeah. And it's fine, but it can never be a replacement for you doing it to your, you know, on right. your own time and your own place and your own yeah Mm -hmm. so like i think that's a really helpful way to think through is like man if if we just over talk at people Hmm. and that's the only mode for giving it's like information transfer Mm -hmm. and it's it's also not effective in school Mm -hmm. so it it's not going to be effective it doesn't just mean get better at speaking at public speaking yeah it that's that can't be the solution to helping mobilize students and activate them as multipliers of their lives. Like, Absolutely. And then I think, so that's one. Mm-hmm. And then two, the last thing I would just say is uh, multiplication doesn't mean that your youth ministry necessarily grows on a Wednesday night, mm. right? Like, so yeah. if that's the only thing you measure, measure that's you're tending to grow typically uh, mm. addition. So, yeah. but I, on the flip side, it can be a, um, indicator that multiplication is potentially happening in those schools mm-hmm. as long as their your, your students are activated to start discipling disciple making walking alongside mm-hmm. students in the word of god and like them coming to go wow that's who this jesus is yeah and then becoming a part of a beautiful community of other followers yeah at your local Wednesday night, mm-hmm. that's that's a healthy way of multiplying, Absolutely. right? Where it's like you your students have been mobilized, they're activated, they're doing things. But you know, we often say the first step 
to tell a student is not, do you want to come to my youth group? Yeah. It's not bad or wrong. It just right. is, it, it's actually limiting their effectiveness to be disciple makers and multipliers. Yep. So if you allow them to, and instruct them and teach them how to actually instill, uh, like, movement principles in terms of reading the word of God alongside of other students Mm -hmm. and discovering who Jesus is with them. And when they come to know him, that then Mm -hmm. at that moment is when it's, it makes a lot more sense for them to be involved in the local youth group. Yep. It doesn't mean that a student couldn't ever come through it the Mm -hmm. other way, Mm -hmm. but it's like, that's the only way that we've taught so far for a long time. And Mm. instead, what if we taught, hey, let's delay that invitation until Mm. they come to know who Jesus is through reading the word of God themselves. Mm -hmm. Then that invitation is a beautiful, fuller expression of actually being the church and helping students live into being missional. Yeah. I mean, I think of like Isaiah when he's like, the Lord is like, see, I'm doing a new thing. Um, I'm, I've come to like make a way in the wilderness to bring rivers in the desert. Um, And that's how like he wants to show up in the schools too. Um, Yeah. And like it's going to take students mobilized and doing that daily where they exist um, as multipliers. Yeah, I mean, you'll never get to doing new things until you start to challenge the way that things have already existed. Mm -hmm. And not from a perspective of throw it out, Mm -hmm. but just shift. Right. Yeah, Yeah. I I think what we don't want to do, especially with us in Zero Hours, like we're not trying to demolish Mm -mm. or deconstruct to the negative nth degree. You know, like... We're trying to say, let's be honest, mm-hmm. take a good look at things so that we can approve upon them mm. and honor the church in all of its expressions mm-hmm. while also saying, we got to get better. We got to move forward. We got to think and, and consider the ways in which we're training and equipping students to be disciple makers. Yeah. So. Yeah. So good. Cool. Hey, thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.